Today, I had the great opportunity to sit down with Jim Rinaldi, the Chief Information Technology Advisor of JPL, to discuss the ebook that I recently published called The Customer Centric CIO. It was great to get his thoughts on the book and the subjects that we discussed in it. To read the ebook, please visit the AWS Executive Insights website. My name is Miriam McLemore, and I'm an enterprise strategist with AWS, and I had the great pleasure to have Jim Rinaldi with me today. Jim, could you introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, thank you, Miriam. I'm uh, Jim Rinaldi. I am the former CIO for the NASA Jet Propulsion Laboratory. I was CIO as their first CIO for 14 plus years. And um, I'm now a chief uh, information technology advisor uh, for the lab. So I'm thinking future IT and the things to come from 2025 on out and how should the lab plan for that. So I, I went from a CIO to thinking more like a futurist. And so I'm very excited about that. Wow, Jim, what a great um, past career and current career that you have. Yes, thank you. Jim, thank you for engaging in, in this conversation. You know, I recently published out on LinkedIn an ebook about um, the need for CIOs to be more customer centric. And, and it sounded like that was something that resonated with you as well. It did. Um, I think it's a imperative for an imperative for CIOs and the next layer in the CIO organization to understand uh, everything that you said in your ebook, uh, you know, makes sense. And it's, it's really, uh, you know, a primer for what people should think about when they're in IT or quite frankly, in any kind of service organization and thinking about who they're serving and why they're there. So I think your, your ebook really uh, laid that out pretty well. Well, Jim, thank you. I, I do think it's one of the things in the role that I have where I get to work with AWS customers around the world. Often I find that the IT organization is working hard to build business relationships and still working to get IT out of the back office, which is you know, surprising, I think, because we live in a digital age and people have to leverage technology and companies must figure out a digital strategy in order to compete in today's world. And so I do think it might be skills that um, the generation maybe that you and I belong to didn't grow up having in IT and really need to grow. Is that something that you focused on early in your career? I No, not really. I uh, was very technical. And I enjoyed being very technical and really wasn't that happy to deal with customers. Um, but for me to grow in my career, uh, I learned that you do have to deal with people, not just <laughs> machines. And, and you do have to deal with customers. And, and then, um, you know, I, I matured in my thinking as, as wisdom uh, gets acclimated to me. And, and as I grew up, um, and went to other companies. I went to Marriott, and, and Marriott's all about customer. And so I probably learned more about being customer and customer-focused at Marriott while being in IT my whole career uh, than any other place. And then I just, as I grew in my responsibilities, uh, I carried those things with me. 
as you moved over to NASA and, and JPL, what, what does customer centricity look like in the role that you had at NASA and have now looking to the future of technology? Well, it's, a, it's really, uh, it took me a while when I first got there to understand the language. Uh, it was a completely different set of language than I was used to coming from, I was CIO at FDA prior to JPL. And so, uh, you know, learning the language, learning what does it mean? What is, who are the IT customers? We knew who the primary customer of JPL was, and that's NASA and the nation for the work that JPL does. But knowing what, uh, you know, what are the customers in JPL? Well, it turns out there's not one type of customer. There were several types, and it was very important to understand that because scientists have different needs than, say, engineers or accountants or, you know, other uh, type of organizations. So, uh, so I think it was being customer centric, more in understanding segmentation of the customer and how to respond to them while trying to leverage uh, IT solutions across the base. But that's not always possible. And, and so we could talk more about that. But to me, uh, it was very uh, interesting to try to understand what the organizations really needed. But it was more the communities than, say, even line organizations at JPL. You know, it's interesting. I worked uh, for Coca-Cola for many years before joining AWS. And, you know, the the parallel um, actually is the same. There are different types of customers in an organization um, like Coca-Cola. I had a very different relationship with the marketing organization and, and a different communication style that was needed with that team than the science organization and then with R&D and then again different with legal and HR. So yep. I very much understand um, your your perspective of segmentation and getting um, the solutions right, but also getting the messaging right to the various um, groups within the larger organization. Is that kind of what you were experiencing? Uh, most certainly. Uh, the trick was really trying to become more of a consultant to the customers. And my my plan was to take the IT organization from being just a service-only, uh, infrastructure-based type uh, organization to, to being a you know, a solutions oriented and being more custom, you know, more uh, consultant uh, in the way you think. Uh, obviously, you want to leverage solutions as much as you can for the, uh, you know, the efficiency. But there were times when you had to be create unique solutions for certain sets of customers. And not every CIO is comfortable doing that because you get taught enterprise, enterprise, enterprise. And and um, I actually became um, pretty adamant that I didn't want to use that word early on at JPL because it connotes one size fits all. And that most customers don't really, they, they may say they want it, but they want it for the other people, not them. And because everybody has unique needs, sometimes IT has to provide unique solutions. And what are we measuring? Are we measuring the effectiveness of IT 
Or is it better to have your customers more effective in what they're doing and IT maybe being a little less efficient in giving more effectiveness to the customers? That's a dilemma. That's a that's a one that a lot of people debate. Uh, CFOs may have a different view, but effectiveness of the business to me um, was why I was there, and and so I I kind of use that philosophy for as many as many years as I have been the CIO there. You know, I love that, and and one of the best things about um, the world of technology today with cloud and microservices is that. Fitting um, and solving for unique needs is simpler with the technology that's available to us now. And it's funny, as you say that, that enterprise view at at Coca-Cola, we would often talk about, you know, uh, think global, but act local because Coke operating in as many markets as as it does there were variations that you needed to to solve for, but you didn't want to have a completely custom solution in, in every market around the world. And so I love the fact that, that cloud and getting to a microservices architecture enables that level of uh, consistency and security, absolutely critical, certainly critical, I, I'm sure, at, at JPL, but also meeting specific needs. How was that a balance that you were trying to strike for your customers as well? Oh, absolutely. Uh, it it and it again. It's uh, the hard work in IT is finding that right balancing act to do that. Because you know, I like what you said, but I let me just twist a little bit. In that, people want local responsiveness. And I used to always run into organizations. I still do. I do some IT assessments for, uh, for other organizations. And I see this push for centralization, which is not bad. None of them are bad. Distributed uh, organizations or even uh, decentralized organizations. All of those can work depending on how you want it to work and what's the governance structure and things like that. I found centralized was more toward the enterprise view of the world. And what the further you get away from the customer, local responsiveness goes away. And customers are smart. And I can tell you they're very smart at JPL. And they will build their own solution. And so shadow IT is, would be a natural. When I got to JPL, there were 120-plus email systems. Wow. So one email system did fit the enterprise pretty well. I mean, that was really – and that was not easy – and I'm sure I missed a few, but <laughs> I can tell you there's a reason to have that kind of thing in place. So the CIO has to make good decisions and be very convincing. I will tell you one unique thing, and I would advise this to anybody. I created a CIO customer advisory council at JPL, and we had the key people who really cared and at different levels in the organization. And they would come and they would hear what we were planning on doing and give us feedback. The best meetings were when customer was talking across the table to customer. And we were talking about this email thing and, and about having so many. And our customers said, why do we need multiple emails? That doesn't make sense. They convinced themselves what's the right thing to do. So giving the customer a voice and sometimes listening you know, to your customer that way can really help drive the right decisions. And that was one example. There were many examples where 
you know, sometimes you can do things where it looks unique to the customer, but you're leveraging the heck out of the uh, the solution you've already created. It could be reskinning an application so it looks like it's unique to that organization. And you're leveraging what you already did. And one of the things that I think is very important and where this all comes to, together is local responsiveness, but it's also speed. And people want to move at a certain speed. And if IT can be flexible, but yet fast, and of course, quality has to come with it, then I think you end up with uh, probably in the sweet spot of delivering IT capabilities. I completely agree with you. And, and you would know that at AWS, because you were part of this, we have a customer CIO council as well, because um, that is so core to the culture at AWS and Amazon to listen to our customers, as you exactly said, and have that council of customers who are talking to one another, because we find that's how we build the best tools, because we're hearing what actual customer needs are. Well, I think a lot of organizations need to do those kind of things, uh, whether they're providing services to CIOs or not. I think it's just worthy. And I think, again, I, it was it was very important for me in my early years at, at JPL uh, to have that feedback because I really didn't understand it. I, I did not know their lingo. I did not know their culture. And so this helped me learn it and also helped actually reorganize things such that we were delivering the right way at that time. And every year I was CIO, we always changed because our customers and our work changed and the organization never stayed exactly the same from year to year. So being flexible internally as flexible in delivery of capability also is important. I completely agree with you. And, and your point about local responsiveness um, in my history with Coca-Cola, the, the business happens in the markets, right? The products are sold in the markets at the street. And so being responsive to local culture and customs and language and, and pricing and all of, all of those factors were absolutely critical to the business. And so that, that pull between local and central, you know, for some concept of efficiency was a constant challenge. And it's interesting now you mentioned governance, right? You have this responsibility to deliver value, but also to balance um, security and fiduciary as well. So what, what were your priorities when you thought about delivering, you know, uniquely and exactly what that scientist is looking for and balancing that to, I've got to have it secure, I've got to have it scalable, right? I've got to have the right uh, governance in place. Well, how did you look at that from a customer-centric standpoint? Well, I, you know, we, we took a very uh, interesting approach with architecture and that if we can make sure we have the right architecture in place, whatever we build, whether it's scalable, whether it's small or whether it's large, you know, we can leverage when we need it to and redeploy, reuse, all those things. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, we were able to do that in many cases and that really helped us be balance that efficiency, you know, meeting our budget. 
But I have to tell you, I never, uh, this is a, I could say this now, but <laughs> I never worried that much about the budget because if we deliver the services people want, the budget will come to us. And it did. Yep. And as we got better at delivering those capabilities, you know, uh, I didn't have to, you know, people brought money uh, because they had needs and we were good at delivering it. If we weren't good at delivering, then they they would go because again JPL we have people who develop better software than we can, and uh, who could build hardware, who could build you know we got smart people, <laughs> they can do they could do almost anything we could do better. What they couldn't do, and I don't mind saying this now, what they couldn't do is manage IT. Right. Uh, and so that's where we come in, and and uh, we created a portfolio of things that I think uh, delivered for our customers. But the the customer changes, and the workload changes, and and if you're a CIO, you've got to measure those things because that's going to impact your customer behavior, which definitely will impact IT behavior. And Jim, I think you make a critical point that if as a CIO, you focus on delivering value to your customers, some of those barriers that that often I hear from IT organizations, which is, oh, well, you know, we're a very cost conscious company and IT is a cost center. So, you know, it's cost first or security first, right? We're a security and obviously JPL and NASA security has to be paramount. So I don't think that you were ever sacrificing in your architecture, in your approach security, but you're right about if you drive value, the money will show up. The flexibility to try new things will come. I had more money than I could spend often in my role because as long as we were delivering value and partnering well, with the different businesses um, globally at Coca-Cola, there was, there was always money. Money was never the barrier, but I think people use that as a blocker. Is that your experience? Oh yeah, and uh, if you're in that mindset, you're gonna be in that cost center mindset. Uh, that's really a lose-lose in my opinion. Um, I'm a big believer in running IT as a business within a business. I know it sounds cliche, but I knew my finances. I knew our portfolio. I knew what we were working on, and I knew what we were doing for each customer. So when I would go out and meet with all the different directorates, that, that's our that's our name for line of businesses at JPL, I go meet with the directorates. I knew what we were doing for that directorate, and I could have a better, more informed discussion. And not everything was going well. Uh, you know, you want to know that up front, and you want to know what you can do to get it back on track. And and um, people, uh, w- one of the things I really w- am pleased about is as I was stepping out of the CIO role, people were very kind to me to say, you know, Jim was always approachable. And I think that's a characteristic, now that just so happens to be my style, but it's a characteristic of uh, CIOs that I think is important. Can people talk to you? Can they approach you? We spend time, we have talked to board of trustees, we have talked to other executives, but as far as I'm concerned, everybody at every level can come to me and talk to me, and that includes employees, of course. It is the little things that matter, and being approachable, you know, the, some of the leaders that, that I worked for that I enjoyed the most, I was always surprised that they had time on their calendar, and they took time for me right on their calendar and they were willing to sit and do a brainstorming session. I was always 
inspired by those leaders, we had uh, a chief marketing officer who would say to his organization, I want you to get caught thinking, right? We want your input. We want your ideas. Get caught thinking, not just doing. And so um, you're absolutely the, the value of being approachable. Now you had to, to kind of hone that over the years because you said you started off very technical and didn't really love talking to these customers. How did you evolve yourself to that? I'm sure you were always somewhat approachable, but you were a technical guy. I was a very technical guy. And uh, again, it, it starts with, uh, you know, what's your career progression? I found that I needed to get in management because I recognized poor management. <laughs> That's easy to find and recognize. <laughs> and I had some of that early in my career. And I also had some good management too. And it just occurred to me that, look, uh, and I had a friend who thought like I did, and we both said, we need to get into management uh, if we want to make this better. And, you know, being in my 20s, it, it was, you know, probably a little naive. But at the same time, I thought, well, and I had uh, very early on in my career, Miriam, I was a supervisor in a data processing, we don't use that term anymore, a <laughs> uh, company that did bank data processing. And I was a third shift supervisor. I was 20 years old. And, you know, if that report back then, if you, the reports didn't come out for the banks in the morning, they may not open. Right. And so I learned the criticality of what I was doing, but also uh, learned that if, and I was doing as a supervisor, some management, I wasn't that great at it, but some, and I learned that how to deal with, uh, you know, employees. Now I will tell you again, Marriott made a big impact on me in terms of customers, but it made a bigger impact because Bill Marriott always said, if you take care of your associates, which are the Marriott's name for employees, associates term, um, they will take care of the customer. And that is so true. People look at you as a leader and they will learn about you, but also it impacts their style and their and the culture of the organization. I still think that's very important today, even in the fast society we're in now. You know, we uh, as CIOs need to realize that and set the right example. And this goes across social as well as, you know, business uh, terms. And I think that's just important today. You speak about Marriott and that value statement. That was one of the things that drew me to Amazon is that statement and the leadership principles of Amazon that at the bottom say, these are the leadership principles. Please be a leader, right? Yep. And if you have an idea for a different leadership principle, please suggest it, not sarcastically, right? It's not, it's not saying, no, you're too junior to suggest anything. It is an inclusive and engaging culture and expects young people as well as the seasoned leaders to participate in driving innovation and providing their you know, best thinking to the organization. What an empowering place. And we would talk often with companies and, you know, how do I empower my team? Well, you engage them and you listen to them. And that's exactly how you also engage your customers. It sounds like where you come from as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, you represent the organization at that leadership level uh, internally as well as externally. 
And so if there's external customers, you also represent. And people watch what you do. And so I think it's really, I did. I, I grew up watching executives and senior leaders who, you know, I, I watch their style. I, if I like their style, I'd probably try to copy it a little bit as I'm developing my own style. And so to me, it was very important to, to watch good leaders. You can recognize bad, yep. but don't focus too much on that. Really, you know, watch the ones who really are most effective. I like leaders who inspire and it just, it, it's my motivation going. And so I've always uh, found that to be the way uh, for people um, to really grow is, is learn that way as well as, I have to add, uh, you know, I always used to say, uh, and I still think this, uh, would I want to work for me? And, you know, uh, if the answer is no, then I probably need to change something. <laughs> I love that. That's a great test. And Jim, I know I would love to work for you because you are such an approachable <laughs> but but brilliant leader at the same time. And and I think learning the willingness to learn from others and take the good from what you see is a big part of probably what's made you such a great leader. Well, I appreciate that. I I, I feel like I'm still learning and I will continue to learn. I'm doing many things now that are, are very interesting. And if I could make a good outcome happen, uh, then, you know, that is what I like to do. And that includes mentoring people and being an example for people. And hopefully I can do that. Um, I relish the uh, relationships I have with people from all the places I used to work who still reach out to me. And, and I just value that as much as anything now. Uh, certainly as a, you know, as a seasoned leader, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, uh, that's, that comes across and, and it's, it's just very important. But I have to say, as I look at other IT organizations, a lot of CIOs get it. And now we're in this pandemic and IT has solved a world's problem. Can you imagine if this pandemic happened as little as five years ago, you know, the collaboration tools weren't quite as mature. The network certainly wasn't as, as robust as they are now. And IT has delivered. Now, I did a lot of planning for disaster recovery, but I was thinking an earthquake. I guess I never really thought about a pandemic that much. But all the things we did really have, and the, the CIO now at JPL has taken it to the next level and has done a really fantastic job. And JPL, most of its workforce you know, can work remote. And so our safety of our employees is very important. Well, this is true at NASA. This is true at other uh, other organizations. But all of them are able to have these, uh, whether it's Zoom or, you know, Teams or whatever, uh, running WebEx and are able to conduct uh, productive work. Um, you know, and again, this is all because of good IT doing the right things, being customer centric and also being thoughtful about what the future needs to to have. And and uh, so I see that happening. I have one more thing I want to tell you that's a philosophy thing. And it, it, it it's it's one of mine. Um, every January, I would come back from the holidays and I would pretend I'm the new CIO at JPL. And I would look objectively and as objectively as I could as what, what did the prior CIO do and what can we do better? What do we need to do going forward? And that little mindset helped me think differently 
Last year, I didn't do it as well, and I knew it was time to step away. And I could sense that. And so if, you, if you're a CIO and you want to live in the past, you know, you'll be in history books. <laughs> if you want to continue on, you got to look to the future and you've got to be adapting to what that future is going to be like and help the company get there. I love that at Amazon, we would call that a mechanism, right? The, there's one thing to, to want to be better and be different, but there's, it's a whole nother thing to actually do something, have a mechanism that, that forces that thought process. And so, you know, having that mindset of I'm new to this, how do I make it better? How do I create a step change? So many organizations are saying they want it. And, and it does take actually some true strength <laughs> and endurance to make those changes. I do think the you mentioned the pandemic we're currently in and the change that, that it has made on organizations. They're making decisions much more quickly because you didn't have a choice. You had to deploy technology and leverage it more robustly when prior to the pandemic, you're probably trying to talk people into testing these new ways of working. And you know, one thing I, I have found in the customers that we've, we've spoken to is we are more human-centric. Because your employees are remote, there's all this, you know, we don't know what the future holds. Is that, that human-centricity something that, that you're seeing across your organization? Because I've talked to so many customers about, how do we keep that? How do we keep this human-centricity? Well, that's a that's it's absolutely the reason that IT can be successful if it understands that, because you have to take. There's a good friend of mine wrote a book, Digital Singularity. Mm-hmm. His name is Kevin Parik, and it's a wonderful book. It brings together uh, this whole thing about human uh, experience meeting technology um, experience and bringing these two th- worlds together. We are seeing that now as someone who's looking at the future, we're seeing AI and ML, we're seeing robotics, we're seeing, you know, the the drive, especially from this pandemic, to be more digital. So digital transformation is not a nice to have, it's an imperative for businesses because we're seeing how businesses have to change uh, to work in the future. Um, and I think it's very exciting. You know, I'd like the pandemic to be over, but I... At the same time, you know, I do think we still have uh, opportunities in IT to help the human side of things work differently. If you take uh, the healthcare industry, being able to have a visual with your your doctor, while all the IoT that we've talked about now for years and years can be in your home to collect the same metrics for the most part, the same analysis can be done, sending that data to the labs with the technologies we have means that not everybody has to make that timely or that costly visit to an office to wait for that five-minute discussion with your doctor. And it also says that that doctor now can be anywhere in the world. So you can get the best. We're seeing it across universities and how they deliver uh, content now. Uh, It's going to be now much more of an imperative for people to, uh, you know, so we're seeing the impact is my point of what technology is doing. And CIOs have that wonderful opportunity to do it uh, and be the leader at that table. We've always wanted a seat at the table. (laughs) So while you're at that seat at the table, 
Don't be that cost center CIO. Absolutely. And uh, you mentioned remote medicine and that was, you know, you saw it. Um, we had some companies that, that came to Coca-Cola talking about it. I saw it at the Consumer Electronics Show, but it was still, you know, kind of uh, futuristic, something maybe that'll happen eventually. And it, it just because of the pandemic and because of need became very real. Are there other things in, in this cool new role you have? What are what are some of the things that you are looking at or are seeing that maybe the, you know, you thought were five or 10 years out have gotten closer? Are there some insights that you can give us? Yes, there's a prioritization at the lab in doing our form of digital transformation. We call it Enterprise 2.0. And that is going really well. And I'm very pleased that uh, the former deputy CIO to me is running that and she's doing a fantastic job. And so I can base my work on all of that being accomplished and what do you do beyond that. But some of the things are happening faster and we're focusing on that is, you know, our data management capability, our data architecture, because we have we're very data uh, heavy at JPL, as you can imagine, whether it's science data, engineering data. We're not transactional because we're not in retail or sales. And so our data and our access to that data is very important. And so AI has taken off. We have very skilled people, some who can do remarkable things. Uh, but our AI ML strategy is going a little faster than I thought it would. And I'm very pleased about that. That's a strong recommendation to continue that. Our ability to uh, better collaboration because of the pandemic, we're stepping up You know what, what the collaborative tools. And we're going to see what we see today is the beginning not the end of what's going to happen so that that collaborative experience is even better than it is today. Networking, uh, 5G is coming and 6G is not that far behind it. And what this means is the network barriers that we have, whether it's in our homes or whether it's in, you know, certain maybe small businesses or other businesses starts going away. So now people can have that responsiveness in their network that they you know, that we're getting used to and we're going to demand because it's, you can't do all the remote work without good networking. Uh, you know, it's just that important. And I, I live in the LA area and I can tell you the highways are, are not as crowded. Well, if people are working from home, you know, maybe we've just solved in some ways, not totally, but in some ways, you know, some of the uh, congestion problems, the air is cleaner. It's really amazing where all this is going. Now, of course, Nobody wants a pandemic to be the driver no. <laughs> of this. I mean, that just wouldn't make sense. But while we have this problem, technology has a role to play, and it's got to step up to do that. It has so far. But, you know, I've been in uh, CI role a long time, and I can tell you what I did yesterday lasts about a week. Yeah. And so you've got to continue on, and the next thing, and the next thing. And you get that from reading the the tea leaves, the customer uh, the business, what's happening to the business, and what are the compliance issues and cybersecurity issues you've got to be aware of to continue to go forward. That's how CIOs work. In my world of thinking of the future, I anticipate all of that, and I'm thinking, what are the outcomes that JPL wants to happen in the future that then the technologies need to be there in the processes, and even the policies need to be there so that you know they can be very effective in delivery. So 
it's very exciting to think like that. And uh, I, I enjoy that kind of work. And I have a world of people to talk to inside and outside of, of JPL that are very helpful to me. And, and they work at many companies, many cloud companies, many technology companies, CIOs from all over the area. And that's really helped my thinking as I'm learning going forward. I think very forward thinking of JPL, right? To have somebody who can think about what's coming because it's coming so fast in, in our world today. And it is one of the things that I think CIOs um, are struggling with. It's often the conversation I have about cloud, right? Is get out of that heavy lifting, undifferentiated work of of managing data centers and things that aren't going to lead your business into the future. And so much of what it sounds like you're focused on now will lead all of us into the future. I, I, I love that you have that mission now, but as much as I also want to help CIOs in general get more of that time to, as I mentioned, get caught thinking because this future is going to happen much faster than anyone anticipates, I believe. I think it's happening so fast and it's going to continue to accelerate. We can talk about quantum computing and how that's going to have a strong impact on compute cycles in the future. And But if you think about business, business is changing that fast. If you look at NASA, NASA is planning humans to Mars and there's some exciting missions coming. And JPL plays a role in how we do some of that. And, and it's just, so all of that's happening fast. All of that, of course, we want safety and security and all of that built into it. But it's no longer the afterthought. It's the while you're engineering it thought. You know, planning it, planning cybersecurity up front has a better chance of success than reacting to it at the end. And so that's just as important to a business as anything. But that's what I'm seeing is that things are happening really fast. And IT has to be that trusted partner to all of the businesses to go forward. And and I have to say, I know some very good CIOs and uh, I hate to admit it, but they're better than I am. And they're out there and they're doing great job. Uh, so I'm very impressed with what I see I see more better than I've ever seen before. And it makes me think if only I were in this time when I was starting versus when I did, you know, how much fun it would be. But I'll, I am where I am and I'm happy to do what I'm doing and, and hopefully I'll have a positive impact. Jim, I love that. You know, I do think the future is very bright for IT leaders and I have, you know, children entering the workforce. So I do think as much as this pandemic it makes everybody um, very nervous and has shaken our foundation a bit. The future is very bright. And thank you so much for spending this time with us today. Your insights are incredible. Thank you, Miriam. I've really enjoyed it and, and uh, all the success. And uh, thank you for having me.